read an article in the New York Times today that said that videos that are made in the bathroom mirror are more likely to go viral than videos that are not. So here's what I'm doing, making videos in the bathroom mirror. And here's what I have to say. Adam Sandler deserved an Oscar nomination. <laughs> And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, Thursday, January 30th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey yo, hey yo. We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen is J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are, no Tassie once again, but... We have some great news to share, and holy moly, do we need some good news this week. Happy to let you all know that Tass's wife, Danielle, gave birth to a beautiful and healthy baby girl last night named Noah. Yes! Yeah! Congrats! Everybody is doing well. Tass even tweeted out this morning, very proud to be a hashtag girl dad once again, extremely lucky and blessed to have a strong partner and baby. Very cool. Very happy for them. And, uh, you know, the first No Dunks baby... Really cool. Very <laughs> good. Cool. Noah Dunks. Gotta that's the middle it. name, actually. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Noah Dunks Mellis. All uh, right, guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be hitting the beach later today, so keep your eyes and your ears on the No Dunks podcast feed. Guys, we're going to start, though, with a little what you got. What you got? What you got? All right, this first one in what you got, there's a lot to pick from because the New York Knicks, my man, holy moly. Guys, what was the most embarrassing Knicks moment Mm -hmm. from Wednesday night? Your options are (laughs) losing by 21 at home to the Grizzlies or... Alfred Payton shoving Jay Crowder out of frustration and getting tossed. Or the MSG crowd chanting, sell the team to James Dolan. Or Marcus Morris's post-game comments. We've got him here. I don't think it's a build-up, man. I think dude is just a lot of female tendencies on the court. Flopping and throwing his head back the entire game. And like I said, man, it's a man's game, and you just get tired of it. Obviously, at the end, I was very unprofessional. They win in the game. It's a good team. and It is what it is. But when you step back and shoot a three, you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, low-key, like, rub it in that they're winning, you know, it's just unprofessional, man. It's soft. His game is soft. He's soft. That's how he carried it, man. You know, it's just very woman-like. Or, yes, there's one more. Or the visiting team's shower having no hot water, (laughs) according to John Morant. You've got five to pick from the most embarrassing Knicks moment from just a simple Wednesday night in January. What you got? I don't think we've ever had five choices in the mix, especially coming from a single game. So you know, five equal choices, I will say. Yeah, yeah that's uh, tough. Yeah, they're all pretty embarrassing in their in their own regards. You're right. Morris's comments, though, are by far the most embarrassing because those are embarrassing from a life perspective rather than just a basketball perspective. To hear uh, the words coming out of his mouth this week when things like girl dad were trending, when we, uh, when everybody seemed to be invested in uh, Kobe Bryant's investing in the in the women's game to to hear this from marcus morris is honestly not super surprising uh he definitely seems like a a guy with some retrograde opinions on things like this um but i'm honestly just foolish and embarrassing just the the thing about it is he said the first one and you thought 
okay, but then he had plenty of time to gather himself and he reiterated yeah, it. He sort of doubled down on at it. At the end. Now, he did issue a tweet apology afterwards, but yep. still, that, that this sort of stuff we have to like just get out of society. Mm-hmm. This is just unacceptable, completely unacceptable. It's appalling. It's disgraceful. And he he should be deeply ashamed of himself because I thought as a society we were getting past this like derogatory stuff that, you know, hey, if you're doing something bad, it's you're being like a girl. That's just absurd that people still use those comments. And, and, and again, the fact that he said it once and then made sure that he sort of emphasized that again is just, uh, it's just disgusting and embarrassing. And honestly, he needs to be disciplined, I think, for that. I really think he should be suspended for mm-hmm. a game. To, to send the message to say, we, we're not doing this anymore, guys. Right, right. Um, and, and the Knicks should take the lead on that and say, we're gonna, this, is, this is detrimental to the team. We're going to suspend him for a game because honestly, it's just there is no way in the world under any circumstances that is acceptable. Yeah. So look, Tass isn't going to be here likely on Friday on Drop Podcast when he does Worst of the Week, but we can just go ahead and hand it to Marcus Morris right now for those misogynistic comments uh, post-game. Yeah, or the Knicks in general. Um, I think Schumann said maybe, yeah, you got to give them one, two, and three if they got the gold, yeah, the sure. silver, and the bronze this week. So that's the done deal. Um, the only good part about it was seeing like every WNBA player dunk on him afterwards. Liz Cambage, she says, female tendencies wins games, though. And just uh, hearing all of them talk trash to Marcus Morris, seeing those tweets come across, that was cool. It is wild to think, too. Marcus Morris might be the leader of the Knicks, the best player on the Knicks. Uh, not that that matters at all, whether it's the 12th guy on the bench or the first guy or your star player, if you want to call him that, saying these comments. But you know what I mean? It's like, man, you're like actually sort of the face of the franchise, which, I mean, explains everything with New York Knicks right mm-hmm. now. But um, what did you think, though, about the whole Peyton pushing Crowder? Look, they're, they're, the, the Grizzlies are killing them. They're up huge. The game is, is over. It's the unwritten rule. We talk about this every <laughs> couple of months. I have been doing this podcast for nearly 15 years. This incident has come up every few months. This exact thing where a team is up big and then someone, again, the unwritten rule, they sort of play too hard, they like run up the score, and then there's retaliation or comments after the game. This is nothing new. It happens all the time. But what did you think about this one in particular? Crowder going for the steal, shooting the three, and and how Peyton reacted. Because Peyton said he'd do it again. He said, I would do it again. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take on it? Well, it, Peyton's wrong because there's 48 seconds to go. The unwritten rule doesn't extend to beyond 24 seconds. The unwritten rule is basically once the other team concedes when there's no when there's one shot clock violation remaining, that's when perhaps you don't fire it up. 48 seconds to go on a carelessly lazy inbounds pass, you're being embarrassed already. You deserve to be more embarrassed by that. And for Peyton to come over and shove him like that, makes him out to be even worse. Pay attention. Play the game. Play hard. I mean, if there's five seconds to go, okay, you don't need to do that. 50 seconds left, That I mean, that that's enough time that the other team's like, you know what, if you're not going to defend, if you're not even going to try, then you deserve to be humiliated. I, I don't think the Knicks or Peyton have any claim on this at all whatsoever and like you're saying skeets it happens all the time but a lot of the time it's just uh getting in each other's faces and you know like you're saying comments after the game or maybe somebody will just give you a a nasty bump this was dangerous like this was a full-on push to a defenseless guy into empty chairs this was more dangerous than you know Kyrie Irving getting mad at Jamal Murray for shooting late in the game yeah I guess on one hand you oddly like to see a little fire 
from this team that is a joke and got blown out again at home and the crowd is chanting sell the team to Dolan. I don't mind that. Like if you if you take so much offense with the way Crowder played that at the final minute, being up so big, um, then yeah, okay, you know, play with a little fight. You're right, Trey, I hear you. I mean, a little dangerous, no doubt. Um, but it's it's like, why don't you do that for the first 47 minutes and 10 seconds of the damn game, guys? That's do right. it a lot earlier than this. Um, I get you're embarrassed and, and you're feeling punked and then you think they're just, you know, rubbing salt in the wound. But, uh, yeah, I, I, look, I will, I will say I don't mind Peyton saying when asked about it after the game, I would do it again. I would do it again because you just, in, in his opinion, you just don't do that. You yeah, really don't. So he's he's made that line in his head, and again, he's not the first to have this uh, unwritten rule. But again, come on, forty-eight seconds. No one, no one stops playing forty-eight seconds to go. No one concedes that far out. I think. Uh, oh, well, you, you, maybe you're right. Uh, I've never I've never seen an NBA team just give up with with basically two shot clock. You know, um, what do you call it? Shot clock uh, possessions. Possessions. Yeah. 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 No one does that. It's that last one. It's last one. You think it's twenty three right. seconds, and it's like, all right. You're, the other team is conceded. You just dribbled the clock out. Yeah, I think what Peyton's upset about truly is the idea of like you don't you don't also press us or whatever play press up on them. us. I mean, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. No. You, well, this is what he's saying. This league. Come on. Yeah. I'm just saying this right. is what he's thinking. You're up 18. The game is over. You would, you agree with that? The game was over. Okay, game's over. So hey, Crowder, why are you trying to steal the inbounds pass? Well, is what he's thinking, no but, doubt. But he the, the, the trying and to steal the inbounds pass. At that, you know, Randall throws it in. And they're not even paying attention. No, I know it's. They so, should be embarrassed, and he was. And this is what crowd, crowd is just saying. All right, you guys, you guys are more pathetic than anyone right now, <laughs> and I'm just going to highlight that even more. I, I have no issue at all with what Crowder did. I, I the Knicks are just a, a beyond a joke at this point. Yeah, they really are. James Dolan was was he in attendance when all this was going on? The solo yeah. team. Okay, I didn't. I didn't he see left actually, early but... to go turn the water off. Oh, that's God. what everybody was saying, <laughs> was saying oh. last night. <laughs> I mean, you joke about that, but man. Could there be some truth to it? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why, like, on this list of five choices, no hot water was very last for me. Because I actually think it's kind of awesome. Like, if you own the team and your team gets blown out and you're mad, <laughs> shut off the water. That one, I'm, I'm with James Dolan. That's a smooth move. Man, not oh getting our God. water. I hate shower. have taken a cold shower, too. Oof. Oh, especially oh, after, yeah. uh, you know, going for a run or playing ball or something like that. You got to have that warmth. Got to have that oh, warmth. I can't stand it. <laughs> that, that's more, you know, that's just sort of petty and silly rather than yeah, just yeah, humiliating no, 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 no. and, a sh- you know, shameful. Yeah. No, it's a, it's it's... It's Morris's comments, no doubt, and then it sounds like you guys, if you're putting it in order, maybe it is the Peyton shoving Crowder and going eh, nuts. I mean, that's just that's just tough guy stuff. That's Alfred Peyton becoming a New York Knicks legend, you know, protecting the garden. <laughs> yeah, protecting the garden as the day on 21. As the, as the crowd chants <laughs> the again. order to sell the team. Yeah. I mean, I tweeted last night, they, what, the Knicks coming through for the NBA content creators, for, for the blog boys and the podcasters. Like, like we're starting the show with the Knicks getting embarrassed by John Morant and the Grizzlies. We Who, did the Warriors way, Association oh, last week, uh, or I guess two weeks ago, and I said, they're irrelevant. They're relevant right now. Yeah, I so, know. So uh, trending upwards, I suppose. For all the wrong reasons, yes. Uh, and the Grizzlies, yeah, back to 500 and played great. You know, John Morant, <laughs> a couple, I don't know what, two or three, you know, more incredible highlights to add to the mix. That one with the left hand, where I don't think the ball went to his right hand at all. He just kind of like fooled his defender. Went into the paint and sort of like used his other arm just to lay it up. Yeah. Just incredible. I like the ones now where he jumps in the air because, again, I'm not really sure he knows what he's going to do when he does it. Takes sort of the hit but then can 
with his long limbs, like, sort of just scoop it around the guy because he had another yeah. one of those two. God, those look so cool in slow-mo, too. Um, so, yeah, big victory. In 28 minutes, Morant had 18 points and 10 assists on 13 shots. It was a plus 42. Plus 42. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good That's, game. That's pretty good. <laughs> ridiculous, really, isn't it, for a rookie? All right, so next one here. Let's keep it moving. More impressive home win, the Spurs or the Blazers? from Wednesday night. Spurs beat the Jazz 127-120, and you had the Blazers beating the Rockets 125-111. So, what you got? More impressive home win. I'm going with the Spurs, because they haven't been very good this season. Oh, <laughs> no, we got to stop doing that every time. All right. They haven't been very good that's this season uh, at home, and the Jazz have got that vaunted defense that we talk about all the time, mm-hmm. and the Spurs ran up an easy 127 points on them. Without Aldridge. Without LaMarcus Aldridge, yeah. Who's missing another one with the sprained thumb, yeah. No, I um, think I lean towards this one as well. Yeah, two strange losses really in a row for the Jazz. They lost uh, to the Bulls on Monday night. Yep. Uh, now, look, look, the Spurs are still a good team. They're not the Bulls, but uh, the the Spurs lately, we just haven't Jazz, seen... Jazz lost to the Rockets. Spurs lost to the Bulls. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's right, right. Great, I know, great I, fact check. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, don't, take, don't take my wins away, man. Don't take my <laughs> Moles wins away. Uh, but the one thing about San Antonio this season is um, their offense hasn't flowed as well as we've seen in the past. But I thought the ball was fizzing around rather well last night. Patty was very good off the bench for them. Uh, but DeRozan, yeah, 38 points in the classic uh, DeRozan. 11 for 19 from the field, 16 for 19 from the line. Did you see some of the shots he was hitting to ice this game yeah. too down the stretch? Ooh, Get him in the all-star my game, goodness, man. goodness, going to that baseline <laughs> fadeaway jumper. He had two of those in the final three minutes to help seal this victory. I'm sure he was loving it. It was a Kobe-style performance. He really willed the team to victory. And the way he was doing it was quite Kobe-like. 13 free throws in the second half. And he was hitting the nice turnarounds down the stretch in the fourth quarter. But he also kept getting to the line. I thought that was impressive. With Noel Aldridge, it's like, I got to do this. And he went out and did it. Against the Jazz team that has been playing really well has been one of the hottest teams in the league for the past two months. Yeah, so you're leaning towards this one as well. Yeah, Yeah. and it snapped the uh, the Spurs three-game losing streak too. And, you know, they're they're trying to make the playoffs here. They're trying to chase the Grizzlies, who are are 500 in the eighth spot. And then it is... The Spurs and the Blazers, who get a obviously a much-needed win, and the, and the Suns are right there. The Spurs, by the way, they host Charlotte on Saturday before they go on their annual rodeo road trip. Mm. Um, this season's trip, eight games in five states over 20 days. I mean, it's over the All-Star break. I get that. So there's obviously a little bit of a gap there, but uh, that's a that is wild that they do this every year. Yeah, they have a pretty good record though with it. I know too. it's incredible. Wasn't it last year was one of the first times they had a bad one? Yeah, right? I think you're right. They, they yeah. usually you're right. Put it, um, you know, sort of come together, string a lot of wins together over these things. Uh, Blazers though, let's give them a little love. Beating the Rockets, Damian Lillard's first career triple double. Surprising, big that- time surprising. Like he's played for eight seasons now, and he's. All NBA, all NBA all-star, all-star is just all like, the time. You know, obviously gets a ton of assists and that does the scoring okay. Right, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a weird one that he just hadn't fallen into one of those before. But 36 points, 11 assists, and 10 boards. He got it. He was seeking it, too. Like, he was like, got to get that 10 three His guys are like, no, you've got to get one of these under your belt. Um, so they got it done. And they were down, like, really, really early in this game. It looked like the Rockets, you know, Westbrook Dame, we know that. And, and that's a lot of fun. Uh but then they just reeled off like a huge run and sort of just then never really relinquished the lead once they got it. 
Yeah, Dame hit a couple of classic Dame threes as well. Holy <laughs> hell, those were deep. Yeah. Those are bombs, man. Uh, he had two of them that were like, come on. I do feel like the Blazers made their 50th anniversary logo really big so that so we can get he, a lot of yeah, logo yeah. Lillard shots, but these are still 30-plus feet. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's money. Steph Curry's been out all year, so if you're talking about an extreme distance shooter, Damian Lillard is the best in the game right now, and... Just for the past two weeks, he's the best player in the game yeah. right now. He's saying, please send me to Chicago. Don't forget about me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he'll, be, he'll be named tonight. You see, I think it was on that second one from real deep. The defender's kind of like off him, but he's like, I think I'm going to have to get up on here. Right. But makes it, leaves it too late and literally just knocks it in there again. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, this season's a weird season because he's been great. He's going to the All-Star game for sure. Uh, player of the week you mentioned there. He's putting up enormous numbers, but... Will they even make the playoffs? Right. That's, it's that's not going to be question. easy. No, no. It's not, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I, I heard um, Big Waz talking on the ding this morning too, though. It is wild. Like, if the Blazers had, I mean, even if they're 500, let's say, or a couple games above 500 at this point, Lillard would be in MVP conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think Giannis still clearly running away with it with how great the Bucks have been and, and how unbelievable he's been in limited time when he's barely even needed out there. It's very Curry-like, right, where he was not having to play 40 minutes a game or stuff like that. But he would be right there. And he's like, we don't like. It's cool. He's getting the accolades, player of the week. He's gonna be an all star. Hell, he'll be all NBA again. But we're just not really talking about him because it's tough to talk about a guy as an MVP when your mm. team's like six games below five hundred or whatever they are right now. They are six yeah. games below, and they're and they're still three back of the Grizzlies just for that eighth spot. But of course, the Spurs are in the middle there as well. So, yeah. You know, for the Blazers, they have to they have to hope the Grizzlies fall apart, and they have to hope the Spurs continue to struggle whilst also maintaining. An incredible run themselves, yeah. just just to get in the playoffs. So, and they had a bit of a scare even when Whiteside got need in the Hibberts last night. Mm. You're like, oh my god, not another guy! Like, you're watch like, the beans. I mean, we just saw Rui Hachimura like have to miss like weeks because he got he took a shot down there in the groin, but uh, he came back in that game, so he should be and good. He was and he's good. playing, yeah, he's yeah. playing pretty well. He, I mean, he's. He still has his limitations at times, but I think he's a little bit more locked in. He's given the effort, and he's yeah, he's getting his boards. He's getting a lot of blocks, chipping in on the offensive end as well. So he's played well. Um, what about the, from the Rocket side of things? Harden, man, what this is? I saw Ghostface Ziller right in here today in his Good Morning It's Basketball. It's like this is maybe Harden's worst month this January that he's had since fifteen sixteen. Like he sure. hasn't had a stretch this bad where he shot this poorly in a long time any reasoning that you can think of i mean i know he just came back sort of from injury is it the fatigue is it just one of these weird cold spells and that's the way his game sort of is because he just really all he does is shoot threes it feels like you know obviously gets the line but probably all of that stuff i mean you see the graphic and it's like he's one of the four guys uh, in history to lead the league in minutes per game and points per game that's pretty impressive but it also means you're doing a whole lot if that's the case it means you're shooting a lot means you're handling the ball and you're obviously on the court he just seems a little tired to me and it's unfortunate um because Westbrook has picked up his game for sure but it has coincided with Harden being out of it not being at his best and the Rockets playing under 500 for the month of January uh can't be too excited about the Rockets right now yeah to me it's certainly he looks fatigued out there because he hasn't just got that juice in him and and again maybe it's related to the injury but I think the workload as well I mean it's not just this season it's the last couple of years of what he's been doing and you know, it's uh, it's maybe catching up with him to some extent, but yeah. But uh, maybe he's like, you know what I'm going to do now? I've always been dominating the regular season, mm. just crushing it, won an MVP. I'm always in the conversation, putting up these monster numbers. But then I sort of, uh, when we get into the postseason, my numbers sort of plummet a little bit, I fizzle out. 
Maybe he's flipping it around this year. He should. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, like, absolutely. all right, I'm just gonna, uh, we'll, we'll get into the playoffs. We won't have a super high record or anything like that. But that's okay. And then I'll dominate. That's right. I mean, if you can pull that off, then, yeah, maybe they could make some noise. But you're right. Tough to be too inspired by by this team right now. It's, it's, just the, it's also just the way they play. It's just like it, we've talked about it a million times. We don't have to go over it again. But it is so – it's so, you know, you're either going to lose big – because you just can't hit threes, <laughs> or you're either going to be up huge because you hit a ton of threes. And that can happen within the same damn game yeah. just because of uh, that variance there with that three-point shot and how much they rely on it. Final one, Victor Oladipo made his return to the court last night after sitting out an entire calendar year with that ruptured quad tendon suffered last January. So how would you guys grade Oladipo's 2020 debut there last night, his first game this season? You give it an A+. Plus, a B minus, a C, or you can even get the dreaded incomplete. <laughs> I hated when you got the <laughs> INC. Yeah, that mm. was rough. Um, so what you got? Give him a grade. Oladipo's first game. So you can't just go an A. It has to be an A plus. No, it's the ones I gave uh, you. Okay. Well, in that case, then I'll, I'll go. I'll go A plus then. Why not? Wow. Why not? He hit the big shot to send the game to overtime there. Game time three. Yep. More importantly, his first possession was basically a very solid play there. He used the uh, nice pick and roll there with Demantis Sabonis. Smooth, smooth pass there, and Sabonis finished with a layup. So uh, I thought beautiful. What a great start. So- Came off the bench. He was looking feathery. Okay, an A plus for <laughs> nine points on two of eight shooting, one of seven from three, four assists, couple boards, two turnovers in 21 minutes. But like Lee said, game tying three to tie it all up uh, at 100 with 10 seconds to go, and then they got the stop or they got away with a foul. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Victor Oladipo gets an INC for me. <laughs> Incorrect call. Because <laughs> that was a foul on Zach Levine going to the hole on the Bulls' last possession. That would have been two free throws for Zach Levine. He would have made at least one of them. That would have been the Bulls' first road victory against a plus 500 team this season. Wow. Uh, but, you know. In reality, he's probably an A- minus because he hit the biggest shot of the game and then gave an incredible interview afterwards. Yes. Yeah. It was true. And, and like you said, that that very solid play, that one to Sabonis very, very early when he came in, checked in, and got the standing ovation, which was very cool. Shooting was rough. His passing mm. was excellent. I mean, I'm not even talking about just the assists. There were many others that were, like, beautiful little plays that then led, I mean, the hockey assist that then led to another pass. He dropped that gorgeous little pocket pass, as you said, another one to Goga, um, who then, you know, he stepped into a wide-open jumper. He was just like... In tight space, yeah, he's an underrated passer. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he always was. I mean, I think as we focus on his scoring and how important it is to the Pacers, but man, he can put that ball in little tight spots, and he likes to do it on the. He can do it on the move like so effortlessly. Um, and I did think this was of note too. He played 16 of his 21 minutes with Brogdon, and Pacers were even. You know, in the plus-minus standpoint, so. I mean, solid start because it's it's fascinating to see how these two will play. And Brogdon took this game over in overtime. Oladipo got them there on the big shot, but I mean, then it was Brogdon. I mean, it, he scored five points to help that nine-two run in overtime, and then he sealed it with a dunk. And he had, you know, he only had fifteen points, but a mm-hmm. lot of it coming in the extra frame and nine boards, eight assists. I thought a great game from him. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Malcolm Brogdon. It doesn't jump. You wouldn't sort of look at that game and think he had such a big line or such a decent line, but he's very efficient and he's very uh, low-key type of player, but effective. He's had a couple of late-game big baskets for the Pacers this season as well. So they love the ball in his hands late in games. Yeah, I almost wonder if, in a weird way, the Pacers, um, because of their game plan with Oladipo coming back, only limiting him to 24 minutes, I wonder if that helped them in a weird way because he didn't play in overtime and it was then Brogdon time and there's no like oh 
what's going to happen here, who's going to sort of dictate the offense, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Maybe not at all. I mean, because they got to make that work together. But he didn't play in the overtime, and he's not going to play in back-to-back games. At least this is the plan until after the All-Star break. But if I was grading it, I'm going B-. minus Because, uh, <laughs> you know, there's obviously things to work on, and the shot will start falling, the three-pointer will start falling. All right, we're going to... Uh, Get to a couple uh, sort of uh, beach step and tease questions to get us ready for later today. But first, a word from DraftKings. It all comes down to this, Super Bowl 54. Who's going to be hoisting that trophy and spraying champagne when it's all said and done? I got the 49ers. I don't know. Their season's going to end on a winning note, and yours can too. This is your last chance to play fantasy football till next season with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from Super Bowl 54. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code RUN will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on the Super Bowl 54 action. Download the DraftKings app now and enter code RUN during sign-up. For a limited time, all new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code RUN and get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, we will be stepping on the beach later today. That mailbag-only podcast. Make sure you download and listen to that. Shout out to everybody that sent in their questions. No dunks at theathletic.com. Hashtag no dunks on Twitter or at no dunks inc. But I thought we'd just get a couple in here because we got a ton. And, uh, you know, we can't go for two hours on that one. So here's a couple for you guys. I like this one with the timing of it all. Hey, no dunkers. It sounds crazy to say, but the trade deadline is just one week away. That does sound mm. wild when you're trying to wrap your head around that. Are we going to see any deals between now and then? And what do you guys have planned for deadline day? And what team and or player will you be watching sort of closely here between now and that next Thursday? Love the show. Congrats on 100. That's from Xfinity Dex. <laughs> so a couple of questions there. We're figuring out our trade deadline day plans, but it will, of course, involve talking to you guys here on the podcast. Maybe we'll wait until after the deadline passes and then sort of do the whole thing where we give out grades to any of the trades that might occur. I don't know if it's going to be all that active. I know let's be frank, I know Woj was talking about it, the passing of Kobe, I think has probably, and maybe it was always going to be quiet, but that is even sort of limited communication between teams even more. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen here. Do you guys have your eyes on any teams or players? Do you think that we're going to get moves here in the next couple of days? There's been so much sort of talk about like Andre Drummond and whether the Pistons are going to do something, but it's also died down a little bit, so yeah. I'm not sure exactly what's happening there. But I'm still f- intrigued by the Andre Iguodala situation for a couple of reasons. One, I think we all kind of assumed that at some point the Grizzlies would say, all right, well, we'll, we'll just you know buy him out, get a discount, and you can go sign wherever. But they've held firm. Yeah. And there hasn't even really been any rumors about, oh, there's a team team's trying to talk there to him. So, and, and you kind of joked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, saying, well, you know, what happens if the Grizzlies start playing well? Does Iggy say... Hey, we're in a playoff chase here. Why not? Yeah, Why not? Just... Yeah, I think it may be Kirby that brought that Was up. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happening, though. I don't I, I either, don't. but I, I, I thought back then I thought there's no chance, but then now I'm sort of thinking like, I mean, 
they ha- they might just say, hey, listen, we're not going to trade you. So if you want to play, at least this is not a team that's like going to the the draft lottery. You know, we're a chance here. So if you want to play, come off the bench and and you can play in your free ja- free agent anyway at the end of the season. But uh, I, yeah, so I think the Grizzlies have played this pretty well. They've just kind of said we're not going to give in. Yeah, you know, if we there, don't get- there, there are some reports that like the Mavericks are like their backup deal for mm-hmm. him. Like they have something. The Mavericks have come to them with something. Yeah, it's probably not a lot. And they're like, mm, okay, hold on to that. We still think we can do a little bit better and mm. that a team will get a little bit maybe more desperate for Iguodala's services as you get into the playoffs here or for a playoff push. But hold on to that, Mav. So, I mean, my gut says he will be moved. I would It will be so. for something. They're just hoping it's going to be for a first-round pick, I'm sure. And, um, you know, maybe it's the Mavs are saying, well, here's a second-round pick and, and then a player, a contract to make it work, Courtney Lee or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I assume he's getting moved as well, just because there's so many teams where you can see Iguodala being a piece that pushes them over the edge. I mean, he would be great on the Bucks, a team that's the best record in the league. They could use another big athletic wing who could stick a LeBron or a Kawhi if it comes to that in the finals. Obviously, the Lakers or Clippers would love to have him. I think he would be great on the Raptors, even. I mean, there's so many teams that Iguodala could help, and he has taken uh, two-thirds of the season off so that he could join a contender. I imagine it's got to happen at some point. Uh, Another team I'm looking forward to see what they actually do is the Sixers because they have the talent to make it to the finals, but... I don't necessarily know if they have the roster construction right now. There's something that needs a little extra playmaking, a little extra shooting, and I think it's got to come from the same guy probably at the point guard spot because when Neto's playing well, that's fine. When Trey Burke is playing well, that really helps too, but those aren't necessarily super reliable guys. So, Do you think there's somebody out there that you would try and target if you're the Sixers? Because you keep saying that. Yeah, yeah, you like that idea of a playmaker, like, a shooter, it? backup point guard type of role. Yeah, but who is it? Yeah. Could you tr- – this sounds ridiculous. Okay. The name that keeps coming to me is Isaiah Thomas. Could wow. you take a chance at Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench? You don't have to worry so much about his defensive limitations because you've got such a great defense behind him. And he can play make, he can shoot, mm-hmm. and if he is in a much – in a lower pressure role as like a backup point guard, I think maybe that could work. I mean, he hasn't lit, lit it on fire ever since his hip injury. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, he's – He's on the downside of his career, but if you put him in the right situation, could he help? Possibly. Yeah. And that's a cheap cheap guy to get, too. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, again, I don't think there's going to be a ton, but you never know. Sometimes when you when it dies down, that's when these suddenly we get we get these little big deals or big names sprung on us. It's when we're like, oh, suddenly we're not hearing anything. Well, maybe that's sometimes a good thing. Yeah. Because those teams are keeping it internally and don't let this leak, and then suddenly you're like, oh, Blake Griffin's been traded to the Pistons. You know what I mean? Like that's as an example. We didn't see that coming at no. all at the time, and that does happen. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, we get some deals, but we will be doing something on the Thursday. You know, we'll we'll likely have our morning show still, um, recapping the the games from the night before, and maybe deals that are even happening then. And if we get a you know we get a busy enough day on Thursday and the activities and there's trades to talk about, we can grade them and talk them out and stuff like that. And yeah, we'll probably do a second one uh, a little bit later in the day once the deadline passes. It's 3 p.m. Eastern, right? I, I think now. Is that right? Yes, I believe that's yeah. right. So, you know, and stuff trickles in after that. So if we do a second one, it'll be later in the afternoon. Great question, though. Xfinity decks. <laughs> I like that. Uh, one more. Why not? Top of the muffin to you, no drinks. <laughs> I wanted to express my gratitude to all of you during this time period with the recent passing of my favorite basketball player. Life has been tough. It's hard to get up in the mornings. Though listening to you guys laughing and still being still being able to have a good time with each other during this morning period has helped ease the pain. 
I have a similar business model to Kobe's Mamba Sports Academy. And I was supposed to be able to speak with the higher ups there, but now I don't know if I will get that opportunity. However, I am going forth with the Mamba mentality and pushing my business forward so that I may help my community and those not fortunate enough to have access to medical professionals who can help the athletes push past what they perceive their potential to be. Very cool. Sorry for the long email, he writes, but I have a strong emotional tie to this topic, without a doubt, man. His question, will you use the Mamba mentality in any part of your life? And if so, what part? Yeah, we thought it was a fun question. That's from Jack sending in that very nice email. Thanks, Jack, for that. What are you using the Mamba mentality for? Uh, literally everything. Okay. Um, I woke up Monday morning. The alarm went off. I was like, the day after Kobe, uh, after we found out the news, I was like, I do not want to get up. And then I literally thought to myself, Kobe would get up and do yoga. <laughs> so I got up and did yoga. I'm, I'm, I'm just getting after it. I'm just trying... Um, you know, task called it attacking life, and I think that's exactly right. Just trying to be very intentional about things. And my big project, my big Mamba mentality project for 2020, I'm going to dunk this year. Yeah. It's going to happen. You were uh, attempting to last night after our run. Yep. All three of us were, were hooping last night. Yep. All on the same team last night, the three of us. It was no dunks versus the world. Uh, shout out to Marcella and Kelvin as well. They were, they were rolling with us sure. last night. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were trying to dunk, though, after you actually were – you shocked me. I didn't think you were going to get even that close, i got to be honest, especially after you had been playing for a well, while. Well, I thought he was in a good position, though, because your body's warm Yeah, he was warmed up. Yeah. You're, you're loose. <laughs> you That's know? fair. Yeah. But you also slyly, and I didn't notice the first time, because we were obviously joking on the sidelines. Trey's talking about dunking. Everyone's like, you know, other guys are trying, stuff like that. And then you did a little smooth move. I didn't catch it up first. But you went over and you got one of the gr- the, the smaller balls. Oh, yeah. I guess, oh, I guess yeah. like kids' balls, what I should say, the smaller size that you could grip a lot easier. And uh, and then he went to do it. And I, kn- I was like, I did notice, like, wow, you did palm that really well. Wow, you're sort of close there. And I'm like, ah, it's not, a, not the regulation size. A little easier. I, I will say the video, that's a regulation size ball. But that my was. earlier attempts were with... The 28.5, yeah. if you will. But, you know, been talking to some dunk coaches. Yeah. Getting my training regimen right. First thing I'm trying, I got to do the curl when I'm coming into the lane. Don't approach it so straight. You got to get a little uh, yeah, yeah, momentum yeah. going and the little turn, a little curved path is going to give you a little bit more explosion. You know me, it's all about explosion. But, like, <laughs> cool. After I decided this is my Mamba mentality project, I went deep into the jumping YouTube. There's like a YouTube for everything out there. And I was like oh, watching yeah. guys break down how you're supposed to load your leg after your pen ultimate stride and how you want to have your plant leg have the ball and then swing it through with a crossbody to go up for the one-hander. So what I'm saying is I've studied the technique and now I'm a pro. It's just 11 months I've got to figure out how to get another six inches. It is maybe. weird that you're walking around in the jump soles uh, everywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your toe. To That's honestly just aesthetics, though. You know, I got skinny calves and I want to beef them up to that Lee Ellis stature. <laughs> gotcha. All right. I, I believe in you. I think you could do it. Yeah, I, I just liked uh, the main flowing there last night in slow-mo. Oh, sure. <laughs> it looked beautiful. What about you, Lee? What are you using well, that Mamba mentality for? Yeah, I, I guess first off I had to sort of define what technically is Mamba mentality because okay. like, if, if you look at Kobe's career, he had some enormous success, but he also had uh, a reputation for just firing away at times. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. not always succeeding. But, right. but, but so I, I sort of see that more as like, okay, you know what? 
just take a few more chances, you right, know, do right. a few more things. So um, I, I don't have a specific, um, you know, like goal right now, but I'm just going to try to incorporate that when I'm on that, you know, when you're in a position sometimes like, should I do this or shouldn't I do that? Right. Way up to like, well, what's the worst that can happen versus just go for it and see what can happen. Um, so I think I think that's what it is there because it's not like Mamba mentality works 100% of the time. No, it's, no. It's, it's probably, you know, 50-50. But I think, you're happy with 50-50. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's a great percentage from I think, it, I think it's more about games. Kobe didn't shoot 50. You know, not being afraid to fail. Yes, that's that's what I would uh, define it as. But that doesn't mean you won't fail. It just means sometimes you just have to take that chance and just uh, see what happens. Well, it's so, funny. It's funny you sort of and, and you're right. I, I think to some extent, like relating the Mamba mentality to offense and shooting. But I actually incorporated the Mamba mentality last night into our basketball run mm. because we were playing on the same team. We got off to a rough start. We got, we got, we lost the f- first couple of games. There were a lot of guys last night, so there was no mixing up of teams. We had the straight up fifteen guys, so we had you know three teams of five. You lost, your whole team was off, and then you were back on. So we lost the first two, and I was not doing well. I was, I was doing two things wrong. One, you know, my my, uh, my defensive efforts were being wasted on probably the worst guy. So I was like doing that thing where I'm like hanging out on a nobody, and then some of these other guys are lighting up some guys on our team. And then I was doing nothing on offense. I just had one of those nights missing layups and the jumper was flat. Everything was bad. But then when we had lost two, and we we're like, all right, come on. We're not losing here all night. As soon as we get one, we're going to go on a roll. Uh, we decided. We're like, all right, you, Skeets, you got to play one of the better guys. Shut him down. And I took that. I, that was my mama mentality. I was like, <laughs> look, Lily's going to be hitting the threes. Trey's going to be working inside. I don't need to worry about offense tonight. I'm going to push the ball. I'm going to be the point guard. But I'm locking down. Nobody's scoring on me now. Nobody. And uh, I'd like to say I did a pretty good job. I think it helped us get these, some of these victories. No doubt. Uh, those guys that were lighting us up early, they sure as hell weren't scoring much when uh, uh, Skeets got in there and got in that Kobe <laughs> all-defensive mind attitude. Don't forget about Kobe playing defense early in his career. Yeah, it looked like uh, there's that clip going around of Kyrie after he told Kobe, he's like, you can't guard me. You got to guard me. You can't do that. And then there's Kobe just locking down, jaw out, shutting him down, getting the block in the lane. That was Skeets last yeah, night. Yeah, it felt good. It felt good to contribute, you know, even if it was the defense. It felt, uh, good. It felt good to get a couple wins over a good team. Oh, yeah. No, they, no. Hey, <laughs> you know, the run was good last yeah. night. The run was competitive. Uh, all A lot of games were close. Yep. But what did I say? As soon as we win one, we're going to go on a roll. I think yeah. we won four straight after that. I think Co- you're right. A couple dominations. I think we did lose the last game, though, in the end. But, yeah, uh, that one okay, so that last game of the night game. doesn't matter. Yeah. Great run. Great run with the guys last night. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night is actually Instagram of the night. Comes from Vanessa Bryant in her first uh, statement since Kobe's passing. I'll just read some parts of this. It's on Instagram, and it's definitely worth reading the full thing. But she starts, My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who've shown support and love during this horrific time. Thank you for all the prayers. We definitely need them. We are completely devastated by the sudden loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children, and my beautiful, sweet Gianna, a loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter and amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. We're also devastated for the families who lost their loved ones on Sunday, and we share in their grief intimately. There aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. She continues, I'm not sure what our lives hold beyond today, and it's impossible to imagine life without them. But we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because Kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining on us to light the way. Thank you for sharing your joy, your grief, and your support with us. We ask that you grant us the respect and privacy we will need to navigate this new reality. 
To honor our Team Mamba family, the Mamba Sports Foundation has set up the Mamba on 3 fund to help support the other families affected by this tragedy. To donate, please go to mambaon3.org. To further Kobe and Gianna's legacy in youth sports, please visit mambasportsfoundation.org. Thank you so much for lifting us up in your prayers and for loving Kobe, Gigi, Natalia, Bianca, Capri, and me. Yeah, that's uh, beautifully well written and said, and yeah, incredible. I, lo- I love the, I got, I love the to give support to if you want to obviously help the other families affected. By all means, I love that, and then I like the the, the as well to, as she said, to um, sort of push what Kobe and Gianna were doing with youth sports. Get on that as well. That's very very cool. And and the Lakers, I know we they were also tweeting there last night. Um, you know, thanking people for the support that people are giving, of course, to their organization in this tough times. And they have an Instagram up as well of Kobe and Gianna, and then it's it's just very cool to see the support from every other team in the NBA basically dropping the purple and gold heart emojis. You're getting responses from, you know, non-basketball players, other celebrities, that kind of thing. There's a lot of love going on in the Lakers' Instagram and in Vanessa Bryant's Instagram. Let's get to the Pick'em results presented by Cash App. Pick'em is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that Tass and Danny were definitely going to have a baby boy. (laughs) But we all know Cash App does more than that. It also changes diapers. No, it doesn't. Cash App also comes with a cash card, a free debit card that comes with boosts, which are like instant rewards for shopping at the places you already love. Like at Diaper Village, when you need to buy diapers. Is that a real thing, Diaper Village? I don't think so. No, I don't I don't have kids. I don't know. I'm out of the diaper game. I have no days. idea. I, I have no idea. It sounds like a thing. Diaper Village. Gotta go get some diapers. We also love working with Cash App because they support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU. We love that. So guys, use the promo code NODUNKS when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Well, Tess had a baby. That's the good news. The bad yeah. news is he lost January's pickup. <laughs> I think he's fine with it. Don't worry. Um, it was that Rockets-Blazers game. Portland was favored by one and a half. Trey and Lee took Portland to cover. They did. They got the, the big victory. So that's a win for you. I was with Tass taking Houston. I got the L. But more importantly, Tass took the L, and he can now no longer catch anybody for the month of January. Only two nights left. Tonight, January 30th, and then one more January 31st. So it's over. Tass has lost the first pick'em of 2020, and he will be paying it off. If you have ideas, email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet us, at nodunksinc, for suggestions of what Tash should do to pay it off. He finished the month 8-12. Uh, and 12. I was 11-9, and nine. Trey 12-8, and eight. Lee 13-7. and seven. Any ideas off the top of your head? Something with his baby. <laughs> Maybe he's got to wear a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Diaper Village, bring it back. Haven't we done that before? Yeah, we definitely did a baby, yeah. like a New Year's baby. Yeah, we did New Year's baby. <laughs> oh, he New must baby have baby. lost. I bet he lost January the last time. <laughs> That's just not his month. He's like Nikola Jokic in November. Yeah. New Year's baby, baby. I like that. Uh, anyway, if you got a better idea, let us know through all of those ways I already told you. All right. Uh, no need to pick tonight because it's over. We'll restart it up once we hit February. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on today's show. Like I said, we'll have a new Beach Steppin' Podcast, that mailbag-only episode 
a little bit later today. Otherwise, we'll catch you tomorrow with the drop. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.